Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So corruption and dictators, abortion and wars and violence, crushing poverty, sex trafficking, hurricanes and tsunamis, floods and fires, addictions, abuse of the environment. And you can add your own to this list of the injustice in the world, that, that things are just not right, not right. You know, you don't have to teach a child that, to say it's not fair. You know, it's not fair. They kind of seem like they come out of the womb knowing that things aren't always fair. It's not always fair. And uh, we cry out to be heard. And the world can be a cold and lonely place, mean and hard. And the injustice that we face every day, it can place an enormous weight, strain upon our faith. And can we take it? Can we take it? We cry out to God, where are you in the midst of this injustice? Where are you in this pain? Don't you see? Don't you see what we're going through? Don't you care? And today God says to us, Hear what I have told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require, but to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. I'm told that there is a football game today. <laughs> uh, at least, at least uh, Pastor Bill and Mark told me this uh, week in our meeting, <laughs> I guess there's some football game. And uh, so I guess uh, there will be people today, no matter what happens, that will say it was unfair. It was a bad call. Uh, it was, uh, our victory was robbed from us because of those refs. Right? Uh, this idea that even in a game, things are not fair. Not fair. The, norm, the way we think about justice, it, it's uh, in the kind of midst of the world, especially when it comes to like, like political issues, it can be so ambiguous and so uncertain to know, well, really what is right. And it could be a very hot-button topic amongst people, amongst us all. And it's here where things are so ambiguous and so uncertain that we can have such strong opinions and think that my way is right. My opinion is the right opinion. My way is the right way. And if you disagree with me, you're unjust and you're wrong. And maybe you're not even a Christian. We have strong opinions about what other people do, about what those lawmakers should do, about what the police should do, about what all these others, what they should do. If you don't do it my way, you're unjust. It's easy to talk about justice. It's easy to talk about justice for the poor, but never really do justice for the poor. It's easy to love in the abstract, it's easy to love an idea. It's easy to like you know, these issues on Facebook. It's easy to do that. Uh, it's easy to do it in the voting booth, but it is uh, a little harder in life. It's, it's easy to do it in a sermon, for sure. But it's harder when it comes to everyday life. Everyday life. In my life, in my home, it could be a whole other story. You know, I, I could say I wrestle with this very intimately as... Uh, Years ago, it seems like another life <laughs> for me. This was, uh, you know, I thought I was going to save the world. 
I thought, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to love all these people. I'm going to go and I'll save the world and I'll do it right. And I'll uh, not just protest or not just write letters, but I'm going to go and do, the, do good. Just do good for people. Be a good person. And so turn the reign of God into a bumper sticker. And I felt pretty good about myself that I was so just. But having the right idea or the best idea or the right opinion about what you think a politician should do, see, I think that's what's most valuable about me. I think that's what gives me value. That's what gives me worth. That's what makes me somebody. St. Paul would say that I am fooling myself. (laughs) Fooling myself. Rather, he says that the one that boasts, boasts in this. Boasts that you know your creator. He's quoting there from Jeremiah. He says, boasts that you know your creator who loves mercy and does justice. Boasts that you know this God who makes your problem his problem. That he takes your injustice and mine and he takes it into himself. And he, he takes all of our pride and all of our boasting about how we're so right. And he takes that all on himself. And he does real justice. And that is our God. And so if you know that God, boast in that. Boast in this God who, who in justice, he is merciful and humble. He, he looks on people who are so different from him, (laughs) so different from him, experiences so different than his own, but he looks at that and he does something good for us. It's not just for him, but he does it for us. Something that helps us out. And humility treats people. He treats us as more important than himself. Making our problems his. And so we, in the same, make your problems my problems. No matter who you are, and no matter what you've done. And you might say, well, you know, I have never perpetrated an injustice against anyone. Okay, maybe. (laughs) If that is you, great. But we all, we all receive benefits and privileges from unjust social structures that we just take for granted. And history shows that whenever the oppressed gain some power, they become the oppressor. We all participate in it, in injustice, whether actively, passively, unintentionally. We all, we all have fallen short of the justice of God. And so we don't walk humbly, and we don't love mercy, and so we don't do justice. And I can say I, worse, worse of all, I, in the name of God, have done injustice, have hated people in the name of God, in the name of even the love of God. I might have, I know I have, I know I have hated people for that and done injustice to them. And, and so we need something better than that. We need something better than ourselves, something more just. The poet Matthew Arnold, he wrote this wonderful poem. It's called Dover Beach. You have to look that up maybe someday. But the last few lines of it kind of go this way. He writes, Ah, love, let us be true to one another 
for the world which seems to lie before us like a land of dreams, so various, so beautiful, so new, hath really neither joy, nor love, nor light, nor certitude, nor peace, nor help for pain. And we are here as on a darkling plain, swept with confused alarms of struggle and flight, where ignorant armies clash by night. See, this thing we need is this, uh, this love. But the love is the world kind of knows it. It's kind of ignorant. It doesn't know what it's doing. And, and see, that there is then this war, uh, this battle that rages on. And there are these things that are opposed to the justice and to the love of God. These dark things that drag us down. To follow Jesus is to swim upstream against a dark current. You know, the Beatitudes, thinking of them today, the Beatitudes, they are frightening. Frightening words. Meekness. Meekness is weakness. Right? It's, uh, it's always seems, the Beatitudes, every time I come across them, they seem crazy. <laughs> but this is the way that God says that his people would be, as they are. It just seems so foolish and so costly. And I say, you know, you just can't do that out there in the real world. You just can't do it. You can't be humble. You can't really be merciful. It's costly to do justice in a world that has neither joy nor love or light or peace and hope. The world is coldly, cold, and it is lonely, and it is mean, and justice is rare. Or, in the words of Pat Benatar, love is a battlefield. <laughs> right? Love is a battlefield. If the justice of God is going to invade our lives and make a beachhead in our own life, right? it's got to be fought for. And it's a battle fought in love and his justice. Our longing for justice, it began when our cry to God, and when it took on flesh and it became a man. And he did what had to be done to do justice. God's response to our legacy of injustice in this world is to give us a gift. The gift of his own life. The life of Jesus. And he did justice. He did it for us. And now that he is risen, he offers his life to us. Invites us to join him in bringing his justice into the world. And now that the reign of God has come into your life... He gives you his spirit, he gives you his power, and he gives you this power to change your own life, and so change the lives of others. It compels us to act in really new and surprising ways. And though we don't deserve God's justice, once we receive it, all we can do is then seek that justice for others in a radical way of life. And it's not always convenient and it's not always easy. Courageously making other people's problems mine. Bob Sutton is a Stanford business professor. He wrote a, a, a book about what's the qualities, best qualities of bus a business leader in a successful business. And he kind of sums up with this a line. He says the difference, he would say the difference is between how a person treats the powerless and how they treat the powerful. 
that is as good a measure of human character that I know. How do we treat the powerless? How do we treat the powerful? And there we will find justice. Justice. See, there is a world of difference between doing justice and, then, and voting about it. Because God's justice, you see, is that he thought you, he thought I, was, was worth dying for. That's what he says justice is. You can't vote for that. You can't lobby for that. Right? That's just something that's done. God then calls us to pursue a, a, a way of life that gives that same value, that same worth to other people. And to come against all those things in the world that undermine that worth and that value. We're called to care about the poor, the life of the most vulnerable, the life of the unborn, to the life of the aged, and to the life of even maybe those on death row, to care about their lives, that their life is, is worth dying for. And so that's why, as a church, we sacrifice for people, and we do lots of things that we're engaged in, in, in bringing God's worth and value to other people. You know, having a food pantry is a way of saying, we think your life is worth something, and we do justice. That's why we have a benevolence fund, is to be able to say, well, we think your life is worth something. We're going to help you out in a tight spot. That's why we have you know, our Word of Life school, is to say we think that it's, it's important that children are educated in a way, in an environment that really says you are valuable, and it can express God's worth and value to them. That is not always in the public schools. That's why we have our Stephen Ministers. To be able to talk to someone that's different than them. And just to hear their pains and hear their problems and say, you know what, it's worth, you're worth something. Uh, that's why we have, uh, our church opens up to AA groups. Say, we think that's worth something. Sobriety is saying that your life means something. So we have our prison ministry to go and visit those in prison that are often treated like they're less than animals. But to go and say, you are, have the dignity. Of humanity. See, that's, that's justice. That's treating people as though they are the image of God, as which they are. And God's justice is God's good news. It is His good news. For the gospel not only saves, but it serves. It not only saves, but it restores all things back to Christ, who made all things good. Not only it saves, but it ushers in the reign of God. It not only saves, but it restores the dignity of humanity. In the midst of our brokenness. You see, the justice of God is so far removed from politics, it's not even in the same universe. Not, not by a long shot. And whatever biblical justice means, we'll get it covered if we aim at the love of Calvary. Ascribing worth and value to all people. And that is never politics. Right? It's never. Never politics. We will do justice as we imitate the love of Christ to all people at all times. And it only comes as we are loving mercy and walking humbly with God. And as we do that, we can see that those who perpetrate injustice, we will humanize them, even though they are the oppressor. To see that they are the pawns, the victims of larger unseen things. At work. Not to excuse what they do, not to say it's all, it's all okay, but to see that the evil that we fight against can trap us all. 
can drag us all down. And I can begin to wonder if that Twitter mob that I am following so religiously, maybe they're not as righteous as they appear to be, can suck us all in like a destructive storm. In the crusade against this force of darkness, we remember that the devil always appears like an angel of light. And to see that the people who do injustice, that we are just as vulnerable as they are. And so our fight against that evil is not just against flesh and blood. See, the worst thing that we can do is to get drugged down in a needless debate. Maybe today you're with friends, family, together, watching a game. You know, maybe you can have friendly arguments about a game. But in that time, don't get drugged down into debates about politics. I think that's one of the worst things we can do, to get drugged down into that. Don't do that. Just let those things slide. Keep our eyes on the prize of the reign of God, our only hope for this world. For justice of God, it does not depend on the work of the government. It doesn't depend on who is or who isn't president. It depends on the only one who never ran for office and never was elected. Our only hope is in Jesus. The power games of the world, it suck us in. And I, I, I feel that. You know, and that's why I have to, like an addict, I have to stay away from it. Because it'll suck me in. And I begin to think that my opinion is right opinion. And I think that if yours is different, then you're wrong and you're stupid and I've got to tear you down. And that's what I begin fighting for and killing for and hating people for just because you have a different opinion. So our, the battle, the struggle for justice, it's a struggle for love. Uh, love is what makes Jesus beautiful. It's what makes Jesus attractive. It's what draws people to him. It's a love for the, for the sinner, but a love also for the oppressor. The love of Jesus interrupts, it kind of shakes us all up. Real biblical justice, it is really evangelism. Evangelism, it is good news. Because it exposes the inhumanity of every system and it shows really the love of God. Shows us who God really is. That he is a God of mercy and humility. He is a God of unending forgiveness. And when we do this, we put on display God, and we put on display his love and his unity, a justice that is unable to happen through any politics. It is the great good news. It's a great good news because it does not start with God is our problem and thank God there's Jesus. But it starts with there is evil in the world. And thank God they've been defeated by Jesus, who heals us and who does good and justice to all under the power of the evil one. Amen. Amen. And now may this peace of God, may it which passes all understanding, may it guard our hearts and our minds in true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.